that not bless your heart? Amen. That's worth staying for the second service for there, I guarantee you. Praise the Lord. Turn, if you would, to Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3, and we'll begin in verse 8. So we think this morning, remembering the theme that God is more interested in building people than he is in building a, a, a building. In Ezra chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says, if you would stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word, beginning in verse 8. Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, began Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Zodiac, and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah, together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hinnadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by the course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Father, thank you this morning how precious it's been to just be drawn into your presence with this great music. I pray that you will continue to let your spirit have the freedom to work in this building. Lord, I know there are a lot of folk that are not here and the weather's a major problem today, but God, I pray wherever folk are that your spirit would speak to them and draw them close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> One of the most difficult things a person can do is start his life over. Uh, and that happens a lot of times. Usually when you have to start something over, sometimes it's because you messed up. Uh, you made a foolish mistake, such as not thinking straight or you forgot to do something. Sometimes you have to start over because of a tragedy or because of an accident that may not be your fault. Something may have been destroyed because of fire, because of storm or flood, or you might be suffering because of crime against you. You might be hurting because someone near to you has passed away, such as a spouse, leaving you in a situation where you have to start over in some areas of your life. Starting over can be frustrating, but it also uh, can be a uh, not only a difficult time, but it can also be a blessed time. It can be a time where you uh, realize what maybe you've done wrong in life or maybe where life could be a lot better. And so you change some things. It's a blessing to be able to have the opportunity to start over. And uh, we're going to focus how the Jewish people started over. They've been in captivity now for 70 years. And they're beginning to start over. God has allowed them to come back to Jerusalem. They're going to rebuild the city. They're going to rebuild the temple. They're going to rebuild the walls. Uh, and and uh, anytime you're in building programs and all, uh, you've you, you got to keep your mind focused on what's important. Uh, we've 
We've done building for eternity, and you've done a tremendous job with that. Uh, it's for reaching people now and in the future. God is blessed, and, and, and we say praise the Lord. I hear people all the time say God is blessed so much, and, and the Spirit of God is in this place. But, and, and, and we need to praise the Lord for that. But I can take you to church after church after church that 10 years ago and was on fire and hot for Jesus, but dead is four o'clock now. Just because God is blessing and because God has his hand here doesn't mean it always will be here. And we've got to do everything just like the children of Israel did to make sure that God's hand stays on us and uh, his pleasure continues with us. Because I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit of God and the hand of God is the most important thing that happens in this church. God had delivered Israel, and Israel fell into sin and rebellion. And then Babylon came and captured them, and the temple was torn down. The walls were torn down. The, 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 the city was torn down. Now they're rebuilding it, and in this set of scriptures, they're excited because the foundation has been laid. Now, when you talk about the foundation being laid, it doesn't look like a lot of work's being done. But if you know anything about building, when the foundation is laid, there's a lot of work that's going on under, under cover that you don't maybe not see. There's a lot of conduit, there's plans, there's effort, there's labor, there's giving, there's plumbing underground, there's footers, and, and, and you've gotta make sure that God's in all of that. It's gotta stay spiritual. How do you do that? How do we continue to do that? Well, the first thing is it takes hard labor in the work of God. Verses 8 and 9 tell us this. Listen, you can't have a great church without a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to have a great church. You can have a great church uh, without a great choir. There are a lot of churches that don't have a choir, and it's a great church. You can have a great church without singers. You can have a great church without staff. You can have a great church without carpeted aisles and air conditioning and padded pews. But I want to tell you, you will never have a great church without people who are willing to work for the glory of God. And a lot of people today think W-O-R-K is some radio station out of Cincinnati. I want to tell you, that's not what it is. It's not a bad four-letter word. It's a good, I hear people all the time, Praise I'm just wore out. I'm just wore out. And I, you know, I'm too nice. I'm just very nice. And I want to say, well, you didn't get wore out serving the Lord up here because I ain't seen you in three months. So what, what are you wore out from? I think maybe sometimes we're not wore out from work. I think we're wore out from being stressed out about work. Uh, stress is what's causing so many problems today. Work good for you. I guarantee you getting out and working is good. Uh, I, I don't think we're working too hard. I think it's the stress. We're running around and we're making arrangements and we're not praying. And, and uh, uh, literally, in these building programs, this one here, the one next door that we just finished, it was a joy to see our men and women both working and doing things that, that could be done. Uh, some working on the building and then some are working in the building. There's an outward work on the house. Zerubbabel is appointed there, and Jeshua, the high priest at that time, he's appointed there. And they've appointed all of the Levites from 20 years old and older to work, to be a part of the house of God. 
Now, our culture today, uh, most of them, about the time uh, uh, they leave the house, go into college, a lot of our young people, it takes 15 or 20 years to get their head screwed on straight and then come back and get right with God. Uh, but at 20 years old, they immediately went into the work of God. And I, and I think that's important. We're, we're in the process of rebooting our college ministry. And Brother Nathan and John Paul, different ones. Brother Aaron, different ones. Uh, and, and I want to tell you, college people are important to the kingdom of God and to the work of God. Uh, that's where many of our, our people today uh, seem to go nuts. Uh, and some of it's because there's some nuts leading the colleges. And uh, they're teaching things that are half crazy. But, but uh, it's important. They didn't, they didn't wait to get their life together. They immediately uh, went to work for the Lord. And we're trying to buck that trend here. That's why in the children's ministry, even in the preschool ministry, they're learning scriptures. And uh, they're, they're putting in the word of God in the children's ministry and the youth ministry and the college ministry. Listen, God does not separate the physical work from the spiritual work. He doesn't do that. Any work done for the glory of God is spiritual work. Pulling weeds can be spiritual if you're doing it for the glory of God. Scrubbing toilets can be spiritual if you're doing it for the uh, glory of God or laying brick or pulling wire or laying carpet. All of it is spiritual when it's done for the glory of God. Uh, these church gurus today who plant churches. Uh, we've had, I've been in some meetings before. And, of course, everyone looks at a church, you know, our size and thinks we've got unlimited resources. Just money's everywhere. I mean, you know, you've just got plenty of money. This young man was wanting to start a new church. And he kept saying, now, it's not going to be like your church. It's not going to be like your church. I said, well, what do you mean it's not going to be like my church? I mean, you know, this is the Lord's church. What do you mean? Well, our church is not going to focus uh, on, on people in the church. Uh, we're going to reach the unchurched. We're going to be radical. We're going to be different from your church. We're going to focus on the unreached. And uh, we, we don't want to be the church, and uh, uh, we're not going to focus on a building. And I said, well, okay. How can we help you? Well, what, what we need is some money to help us build a building so we can sit around and focus on the fact that we're not going to build a building. I said, that's about as stupid a thing as I ever heard of in my life. Listen, the church needs to get together. We need to get together to worship and to pray and to sing and to praise the Lord there. It takes buildings to do that. I'm not saying the building is the most important thing, but I'm telling you, uh, this children's building over here you, maybe if you can get past security. Now, security is pretty tight over there. But if you can get past security, maybe you ought to just ramble through the hall there one, one Sunday morning there and just listen to those guys. Maybe you ought to go over on Wednesday night, slip in there. I, I can give you a couple of backdoor keys, and you can slip in there and just see what God is doing with our children and our preschoolers and our youth and different ones. Listen, uh, any time... You want to do something for the glory of God. It's always going to be a critic somewhere, anytime. There's always critics standing in the shadows. The woman who poured out the alabaster oil for the uh, ointment for the Lord, they criticized. You know who was leading the group? It was Judas. 
he was leading the group. Sometimes it'll be critic. Uh, sometimes it'll be a family member. It may be a crazy second cousin that said, I, your church is throwing away all that money. You know how many people you could feed if you didn't build that building over there? Now, they're not going to they're not going to feed anybody. They're not going to sponsor any child in Uganda or, or Kenya or anything. They're not going to help anybody in Haiti. Uh, they're going to get in their BMW with their Bernie Sanders. They're going to get in their BMW and they're going to drive off. You know, they're not worried about any of that stuff. I want to tell you, same thing happens with older folks. Sometimes we older folks sit around and talk about you know, we, didn't, we don't need all that stuff. We didn't used to need all that stuff. No, you didn't used to have toilets either and indoor plumbing. You took a Sears and Roebuck catalog on a day like this and went out to some little thing called an outhouse. Uh, I don't see you wanting to do that anymore. Those good old days are not near as good as what we make them out to be. Uh, listen, we need to continue to do missions. You do more missions when the home church is strong. If we become weak, then we don't, we don't do near as many missions. When I came to this church 17 years ago, more than 25% of this church's budget went for missions. More than 25%. Now, that wasn't very much because uh, we take in a month now what we took in all year back then. But see, when you build the church up, we're giving thousands and thousands of dollars more now for missions. You've got to keep the home church strong. If the home church is not strong, we're not able to help others. So there, there's an outward work on the house, and, and then there's a never-ending eternal work in the house, of the house. Everything's got to be spiritual. Verse 9 then stood Yeshua with his sons. He's the high priest there. Everything's got to be spiritual. And many times in building programs, things turn inward. People want to focus on themselves or their shingles or they're arguing with one another. Well, this room's bigger than that room. I, I teach my class here and they didn't give me all the space I needed here. They, they put it over in that other classroom and this ministry's given more money in the budget than my ministry there. Listen, we've got to focus on the never-ending work in the house of God. This is not a restaurant. This is not a business. This is the Lord's house. This is the house of the living Lord. I know contractors that won't even bid on churches because they're too hard to work with. They're crooks. They say the churches won't pay them. They're, 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 my soul, what a testimony that is. Listen, it's, mm, when you tell me it's easier to work with pagans than it is the people of God, something's wrong somewhere. Something is wrong somewhere. These people stood as one. They worked as one. They worshiped as one. They were together. The word literally overseer in verse 9 there means the choir director. Now, I've, I've seen Aaron try to put on a doorknob. We don't want him over our building program, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but why would, out of all the vocabulary, why would he use the word for choir director as an overseer? I think, I think the deal is it speaks of leadership in worship. The best way to get the external right is to make sure we keep the internal right, to make sure we're focused on God. And that's why as a church, 
we got to keep on singing. We've got to keep on teaching. We've got to keep on driving buzzers. We've got to keep on praying for the sick. We've got to keep on witnessing. We've got to keep on cooking. We've got to keep on giving. We've got to keep on doing it for the glory of God. And when you get your eyes off the glory of God and put it on what you've done, you headed down the wrong road. So, hard labor in the work of God. But secondly, they got to live by the word of God. They were committed to live by the word of God. Now, you know why? Because they've been in slavery for 70 years. And they got some scars. They got some testimonies about how rough things were and how hard things were. And so let me tell you, God's given them another chance to start over. And they're going to say, I'll tell you one thing we're not going to do. We're not going to mess up like we did before. We're not going to mess up like our grandparents did and sin and rebel against God. We're going to live by the word of God. We're not going down that road. That in verse 10, they had an old-fashioned worship service. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, the Levites with cymbals, and praising the Lord at the ordinance of David, king of Israel. They saw the word of God as a guide. It was a guide. <clears throat> you go to the doctor, and he writes something on a little thing there it's called a prescription and your pharmacy uh your pharmacist has been to some kind of egyptian uh a school of uh, to allow, try to learn how to read that stuff there and then uh he scribbles out and and he gives you what now listen to me he don't give you what he thinks you need he gives you what's on that prescription and i want to tell you we, we we're hearing too much about what somebody thinks we need and what we need to do is get into the Word of God and live by the Word of God and get the prescription that God says. They came back. There, there, there was no controversy. They not only returned to the land, they returned to the authority over the land. The old bumper sticker used to say, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, you can leave out one-third of that because it don't matter whether you believe it or not. If God said it, that settles it. If you want to believe it, that's wonderful. But if you don't, that's wonderful too. It's still the truth. It, it, listen, we're not here for you. We're not here for me. We're here to worship God. 2018. I, I, I didn't have a chance to dig this up, but I remembered it very vividly because I thought, what in the world? Uh, because I, I got it mixed up with Jackson University. There's a, there's a Union University in Jackson, Tennessee that's a very good school, very solid school. But this is Union Seminary in New York City. And it's a left-wing, about as radical, heretical seminary as you can get. In 2018, they brought all, all of them brought a pot plant and they set the pot plants in the middle of the room. And, and now this is a true story. Look it up on Google. And they all sat around the pot plants. And they're confessing their sins to the pot plants. Oh, we failed you. Oh, we've done wrong. Confessing their sins to the pot plants. You say, preacher, how do, how do people do that? How do you get so far in left field? you begin to say, well, this book may have a little error in it. This may not be totally right. This book has no error. This book is the Word of God. 
And it is right. And I want to tell you, we need to be confessing our sin, but it don't need to be to a pot plant. Uh, if, if, and I'll just be honest with you. If you're not living the word of God, you're just as bad as those confessing to the pot plants. They live the word of God. Labor in the work, live by the word of God. I got to move on quickly here. They lifted up the worship of God. Uh, no matter how many buildings we need to build, how many more we're going to build, who knows what God's going to do. We continue to pray and sing and study and preach the gospel and baptize and send out missionaries. They gave gratitude with a song. Psalm 136 is what they're, they're quoting here. In verse uh, 11, they sang together by the course and praising, giving thanks, and saying this unto the Lord, because he is good, his mercy endureth forever. Now it was a call to response is what they're doing. In, in Psalm 136, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. So the priest would say, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he's good, his mercy endureth forever. There's a song now called His Love Endures Forever. And uh, mercy, love can be interchanged there. He said, oh, give thanks unto the God of God. His mercy endureth forever. Every time he would say a word, they would come back and say, his, his mercy endureth forever. Or his love endureth forever. And so they were starting out like, our God delivered us from Egypt. His mercy endureth forever. Our God destroyed the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea. His mercy endureth forever. And so they're singing there. They're, 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 they've got a song, uh, uh, their testimony there. And let me tell you, we ought to be singing today. Not because we've been delivered by the animal sacrifices, but because we've been delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We ought, you say, preacher, I can't sing. Well, do you have a song? I didn't ask you if you could sing. Do you have a song? I mean, do you know that his mercy endureth forever? Uh, we ought to be singing because we're saved. There's no doubt about that. But I tell you, there's some other reasons we ought to be singing. You got breath. Right now you're breathing. You ought to be praising the Lord singing because you're, you've got breath. Most of you, some of you got hair on your head. Bless God, you ought to thank God for that. You ought to be singing that God's got a hair on your head. You ought to be singing about you've got a strength and you've got a job and you've got family and you've got friends and church families and you got out of bed this morning. You ought to be singing. Lift up a song of gratitude. Preacher, I don't like to sing. Are you going to be governed by the word of God or are you going to be governed by what you want to do? Mm. See, they live by the word of God. It was a guide to them. You going to be governed by that? I see people here in our services standing there with their hands in their pockets, bored out of their mind, take a half a case of Red Bull to wake them up to try to get them through the service. Fanny Crosby said, uh, wrote these words. She was blind from the time she was, I think, I don't know, three months or something like that. They, and it was a doctor or, or that put a portion on her eyes that caused her to go blind. She wrote over 8,000 different poems and words. 5,600 of them were, were uh, published as music. In fact, uh, they said Fanny Crosby would go to a revival and she would say, Ooh, I like that song. Who wrote it? And they said, Well, you did, Fanny. You wrote it. 
She wrote so many she couldn't keep up with them. But one of my favorites she wrote is redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. And that last verse, I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Praise the Lord. They gave glory to God in singing. <laughs> I love this point. We don't have but one minute, but I want to get it across to you. They also gave glory to God by shouting. That's what verse 11 says. All, look at the verse. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Not just a few of them. Not just the deacons. Not just the Sunday school teachers. Not just the preachers. But every one of them was shouting and praising God. I hear people say, no, <clears throat> Brother Charles, I've got joy down deep in my heart, way deep in my heart. It's real deep, all right, because I've been here 17 years and I ain't seen it yet. So it's deep. I, I'm not expressive, Brother Charles. I, I, don't, I just don't shout. I'm not expressive. Well, it depends on what you're in. You, you, you let a mouse, my wife will tell you right now, she's not expressive. But you let a mouse run across that floor and I'll tell you what, I'll show you how expressive she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just depends on what you're expressing. I'll, I'll have preachers <laughs> that even in this Bible conference, they, they would say, now who's that guy in your church that's always hollering amen? And I'll, I'll tell them who it is. It, I got to thinking about this. Isn't it a shame? I mean, you know what? That's an insult. That's an insult that the whole church ought to be shouting. But there's one person that does it, and we want to point him out. The whole church was shouting. They were all shouting. Why? Because the foundation had been laid. Because God was working in their midst. You see, an important element in starting over and rebuilding our life is a joyful and an attitude of gratitude for the Lord giving us a chance. See, gratitude keeps your heart tender and your focus upon the Lord. There, and I want to tell you, folks, mm, I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that. In this day we're living, if I watch Fox News or any of that stuff very long, my, my whole spirit just, I'm just telling you, it'll jerk the spirit off of you. you. We need to make sure that we stay close to the Lord and we have a joyful attitude and an attitude of gratitude. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Habakkuk 3.18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll join the God of my salvation. Lamentations 3.22, It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Psalm 68.19, Blessed be the Lord God who daily loadeth us up with benefits. He's the God of our salvation. This June will be 70 years that a group of people from this church met over off of Cotton Street under a tree in a tent. And 35 of them said, we're going to start a new church, Temple Baptist Church. 
70 years on June the 26th of this year. And they began to, to build a building, and they built that building, and they dedicated it in January of that year. It took them from June to January to get everything done. And then they continued to walk by faith over and over again. You could hear, you could see in the minutes of the church meetings, they walked by faith. They did this by faith. They didn't. It was all by faith. And my prayer is that we can get on their shoulders. They're the Zerubbabel's of Woodland Hills. They're the Jeshua's of Woodland Hills. We can get on their shoulders and continue to walk by faith and see God do great and mighty things. You say, preacher, we've already seen God do great and mighty things. Well, we have for us. But what about all those people out there who are lost without Christ? What about them? We, we, we need to see God do great things in their midst too so that they can be saved. Pray with me. Father, thank you this morning for the joy to be in your house. Lord, remind us again today that your interest is not in building buildings, but Lord, it's in building people. And I pray maybe there's somebody here this morning need to be saved. Maybe somebody here needs to start over in life again and reboot themselves. Lord, I pray whatever you need uh, from your people here, we'd be willing to do it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you